imagine the perfect video store. It would have a great selection, right? Right! Over 10,000 videos. Three evening rentals, so no rush, no hassle. Fast checkout, 24-hour quick drop return, open late every night. Well, the perfect video store... Welcome to Blockbuster Video! ...is popping up all over the country. There's one near you. Blockbuster Video! Entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This. <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 111 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Shahi, and for this joyous birthday celebration of a podcast, <laughs> the young, the restless, the bearded one, Carlos Buarguayo, tonight is a special day in The Sith List because we've never recorded on somebody's actual birthday. And today, Crunch Crunch has become a year older, a year wiser. A year sexier. Please say hello to Les. Is 40. Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. How's yeah, birthday? man. And that's an important one, too. I remember when I turned 40. Do you actually remember it? Oh, no, I'm joking, Eric. Wow. I'm not. Wow. See, I was implying you turned 40 years hard. old, taking shots. You enjoyed wow. yourself. Taking shots. It was blackout time. That's what I'm implying. That beautiful voice you hear, by the way. If we need to introduce him. He wasn't here last week, but he did still drop some Star Wars knowledge all over our heads. Yes, he did. The man we call El Hombre. The man we call the hair. Eric is old. <laughs> okay, and you're not really old. I'm just I'm not, man. You. I'm no, not. You're not. You're not. I only meant what I said because the implication is apparently you're like crusty as hell. I know, you're but you're not. <laughs> you look great for your age. Thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's all right, Struthers. You, you do look great, though. Don't worry. Thanks, I actually, man. I, I, you guys. One, when I get that old, Eric, I want to look as good as you do. Good luck, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm by, the, just kidding. by that time, the advances in medical science will probably be so amazing. That... <laughs> How's your birthday going there, Les? I've had to work today, man. That's, that's Ooh, a I was, sin. I was giving Les a lot of shit today. Yes, he was. Man. I've been he giving Les a lot of shit the today, last two man. days. I just want to throw that out there. I would have rather take I'm, an actual birthday hit. You know, like old school like <laughs> birthday school. punches. Oh, yeah. I remember than those. to have Raj try to talk crap. 
Yeah. Oh, it's so been you, fun though. Would, it's been fun. So you would be rather you'd rather be physically harmed than to be what is it bombarded with negative comments? Yeah, because it's only from, forty from seconds, and I can take a punch. Yeah, like, my shoulders are big enough. That says it'll actually hurt them more than I coerce less to do like a shit coke? ton of dips. Oh. No, not coke. A shit ton of dips and a shit ton of push-ups. And what um, a prick, dude! Kind of like you're bullshitted a... him. He had a great workout, though. No, shut your. Oh, see, that's the joke. The challenge was made, and all of a sudden it turned into, oh, well, you got a good workout out of it. All right, dude, I get it, dude. But and also, you worked today. Yeah, we that, worked, but this we was yesterday. So this was uh, for everyone who's counting the timeline to the actual age that all of us are, other than the millennial here. Um, <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday. The day You're before my birthday, Sunday, but that's Tuesday. And that's today's right. Wednesday, by the way. So the Tuesday before my birthday, I got coerced into doing a 140 tricep action Jesus. workout. That's right. Within 12 minutes. How hard was it for you to put on your seatbelt? Not hard at all. You know what the hardest part was? Is doing bar dips with some douche or grabbing your legs and trying to pull them up <laughs> over your head like a scorpion. Dude. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Eric, how are you? Dude, I am fantastic and great. We missed you last week, buddy. Mm-hmm. I missed you guys, man. I really did. How was uh, how was your gig? It went well. It was pretty crazy. It was a... Uh, it was on a, a place that had a really nice riverfront area, and uh, the club is trying to get get off the ground, and they're interested in having us back, and Ooh, I, they're nice. going to need to give us more money if that's what they want. <laughs> that's right. Demand it, Eric. Demand it. That's right. That is right. But yeah, yeah. it was cool, man. Cool. Great. Great. I'm glad you're back. Uh, Abu, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm tired, and I want the weekend to be here, but I'm good. Very Last good. week, we did a little lover boy working for the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's so right. We're not going to do that again, are no. we? Please or, or are we? Uh-oh. No, we're not. The first shout-out I want to do tonight is when I pulled up, and Les doesn't even know this, when I pulled up to the front door today, it was about 45 minutes before Les got here, I noticed that there was a big case in front of the door. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I opened the case. And what was in the case was a case of Guinness. Our friend, great friend and listener, Mr. Brett Portillo, sent over a case of Guinness beers that I have here for Les's birthday. And I didn't tell him. Are you and I'm going to open it up me? right now. So big shout out to Mr. Portillo. I'm oh, opening up your first Guinness. Brawlers 44. Is. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Yes, yes, yes. And wow. Eric, I wish you were here because we'd open one up for you too. I'll just double my drinks for you, buddy. Here you go. That that is just what I was going to recommend. Yeah. And and Brett, thank you so much. That was a great surprise. And wow, this podcast is going to be a lot of fun. Or I don't know what to do, man. I don't think I deserve friends like this. You don't. You don't. That's why I was giving you. That's why I was giving you shit for the last two days. Really, don't think I deserve friends like this. But we do love you, Les. Even though we do give you, I love everybody too. And Brett, if I win the lottery. I'll, I'll make sure you, you get I'll a lifetime right supply now. of Guinness. What a dick. <laughs> you couldn't even give him some fucking money. You're going to give Brett back his Guinness. Oh, a lifetime God. supply, man. Jiminy Crickets. <sighs> Can we have like one or two of these a day? Are you kidding me? Shit. It'd kill him. Well, let's get this ball rolling here on this birthday night. Let's do our uh, shenanigans here. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. With podcasts like now, this is podcasting, which, by the way, I was on it last week and we had a blast. Randy, Jason, Steele, and Corey. We sent Corey off to his film school 
So Corey, I hope you're having a good time in Orlando and good luck to you, my friend. We had a, a fun, great session. So check that out. Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners. Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, First Order Transmissions, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Podcast 2187, The Cargo Hold, and Finger with Randy and Jason. Check those great podcasts out. We have a website, thesithlist.net. Check us out there. All of us are on there. You might be on there, actually, if you're a listener and we've met you. And more stuff is going to come, by the way. Les and I are going to New York Comic Con. We have some stuff lined up, and we're going to definitely put it on that website. You can catch us on Instagram and Facebook, The Sith List. Twitter, I'm at The Sith List. Boo, where you at? At The Sith List, boo. Birthday boy, where you at? At Less is More 78. And The Hair. At Eric Strothers. You can email us, thesithlist at gmail.com. We have a hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. Please leave us some iTunes reviews. There is your shenanigans for the evening. Let's get into it. Let's talk a little box office. Predator. They have topped the weekend box office, but it was way lower than they were expecting. It made $24 million this weekend. The Nun was number two at $18 million and A Simple Favor, which is the Anna Kendrick's film with, I forgot her name, Ryan Reynolds' wife. Blake Lively? Yeah, there Blake Lively. I'm a big fan of Blake Lively. I think she's awesome. That made $16 million. Are you laughing at my fan of Blake Lively? I am a fan. Yeah, of well, you can't remember her name, but you're a big fan. Well, I'm, I'm a fan of her, her talents, oh, yeah. so they say. Like what? Her acting. What movie? The one that she got on a, uh, uh, she was on an island or something. She, she was stuck facing with a shark. the shark. Oh, the yeah. Meg. No, yeah. the, not the Meg. She wasn't in the Meg. <laughs> the shallows. The one where she's in like a bikini the entire time. It's called she the was shallows. in the shallows, and guess what? I'm being shallow right now. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> let's get let, let's let's move on to uh, the predator. <laughs> so the predator, we have somebody that actually saw it, and that was Boo. That's right. See, Boo is really into. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know that he's into the boom, boom, bang, bang, bloody. Blow up action films. Fuck yeah. He's been waiting for this film for a long time. Yep. He's been a fan of Predator. Absolutely. We've wasted a lot of time on this podcast talking about Predator movies. Never wasted. Boo, yes. how was Predator 2018? So, um, let, me, let, me, let me just you know, cut the fat immediately. Uh -oh. Don't go see it. Wait Did for it. Did you just say don't go see it? I said don't go see it. Wait <laughs> for it. You should see it, but don't pay money to see it. Wait for it on Netflix, HBO, whatever... Whatever you want to wait for, Redbox, all that fun shit. Don't go see it. The action is great. The action is great. I can't, I can't say it's not. It's a fucking Predator movie. It's a bunch of humans getting annihilated, a bunch of people's heads getting blown off, people being sliced in half, shit like that. So that's, if that's what you're going, that's what I was mainly going for. But besides that, not very good. The story is kind of meh at best. There's no point in not spoiling it. They kind whoa, of, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, whoa, there is a point. There are some people that are they're gonna oh. watch this, buddy. Uh, some I'm, people I'm are trying to tell say, them hey, not to. Boo said no. <sighs> some people are gonna. If you don't want to be spoiled for Predator, all right, then forward for the next minute. Yeah, pretty on much. three, one, yeah. two, three. Spoil. Go ahead, buddy. So they the they try to explain why they take the spines and the skulls as trophies. It's not just as a trophy. They're trying to make their race better. So what they do is that they take the biggest, strongest, fastest, whatever creature, and they use that to make themselves better. That's where you get the bigger predator, the apex predator, that big one that you see. Mm -hmm. But 
in that, it kind of takes away from the iconicness of Predator. Because the bigger Wait, uh, one... Uh, Predator was iconic? Come on. Come on. I've never been a huge fan of Predator. Don't lie. I swear to God. Don't you fuck. I liked lie. Predator 1, but Everyone it's not does. like... Yeah, is... but then it, it all went to shit. It all sucked. Predator versus this, Predator versus that, Predator versus Mickey Predators, Mouse, Predator versus this. Predators was actually pretty Predator good. Predator versus Eric Struthers. I've yeah. had enough Predators. <laughs> that <laughs> was actually a really good one. That was. Yeah, that was I, they I've rebounded. watched that a, a few They did more rebound times. with yeah. Predator versus Eric Struthers. Yes. yes. Eric had a way better hair. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The cast is kind of crap. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How That's is a the loaded cast, cast too? Man. Sterling K. Brown's in it. He his his character. He does a good job. Olivia Munn is in it. Wait a minute. Sterling K. Brown. He does a good job, uh, but the character that he plays is the generic scientist, evil scientist, where it's science over people. humanity. Yeah, over humanity. Yeah. You know, fuck it. There's there there's one moment where he's like. Uh, there's a kid. He's like, take the kid's knees out. Let me go, kind of thing. He's he's a pretty fucked up dude. Maybe they blinded him with science. Oh god. Oh god. Brett, this is your fault, by the way. Guinness gets me pretty buzzed. Yeah. Yeah, it actually does. Roger's a yeah. Not he has a stand up to Guinness well. (laughs) So yeah. Um, if if you're like me, where you love the Predator movies and you can you can take just sitting there. Go for it. Go see it, I guess. But I would say wait. <laughs> and the ending, the ending ending, all the way to the end, like the last scene where they, you know. Well, don't blow the end. No, I know. I know. But where, where they're going to try and make it into like a continue it. Oh. Awful. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, I kind of want to see it now because it sounds it, so bad. It hurt me. The ending, I was like, <laughs> what did, did the fuck? Did people disintegrate at the ending? No. Oh. Okay. No. But But my. My not not my love for the franchise, but it 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 fucking hurt. Somebody hit me when wow. the, with that ending. It was atrocious, atrocious. So you're saying that Predator does not get the Sithless seal of approval? No. Wow. No, I'm okay. I'm I'm taking your guys' thumbs and pointing them down. Okay, I'm pointing them down for you. I'm glad. I'm glad that you gave us that heads up. But if they make another Predator movie, I will go see it. <laughs> You're son of a bitch. I shit you not. I will go see it. I will go see oh, it. I do Lord, not care. Sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. Sweet I will go Jesus. see it. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. All right. Well, don't go see Predator. No. But I will tell you one thing. Next year in December, There's there is another, a movie that you're going to go see. Another Predator movie? No. Fuck. It's Star Wars Episode Nine. With Predators. And I think it's time to talk a little... Star Wars. Dude, there's nothing. What? <laughs> there's 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 some stuff. The uh if you're into now mind you, I if you're not if you don't want to be spoiled whatsoever, don't go look at this. But if you check out makingstarwars.net, there is an updated some updated images from Black Park. And there's not a whole lot to say, but it's neat to check out. I don't mm-hmm. want to. It's just more set stuff. Yeah. And it, you really can't extrapolate what it is, what yeah. any of it's supposed to do. Now, John Kazan, you talked a little bit about this last week. He came out with his like points of enlightenment and his notes for a solo. And they were really great, by the way. I loved reading them. And he also weighed in on a solo sequel. Yeah, th- he talks about it at the like his point number 52 mm. was out of his 52. And he talks about something that we've talked about 
that if you can get to what there's got to be there has to be stories in Star Wars that don't cost as much to tell. That's one of the things that he mentions. If you can get to where it it doesn't crush you financially, then there's the likelihood of being able to continue with is much more possible. God, that was the worst combination of words to make a sentence <laughs> I've ever heard. But you, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I know what you're saying. And, and this is actually, I have his quote. Do you want me to read his quote? He said, yes, please. To, to be, he said, to be honest, I think the challenge has much more to do with the foreign box office than the U.S. box office. Personally, I think there are great Star Wars movies to be made that don't need to cost quite so much, just like Eric was just saying. Hopefully, that will be the trend in the years to come, and maybe, just maybe, that trend will allow us, one way or another, to tell more stories with Alden, Junas, Amelia, and Donald. With those actors and Ron Howard, I would jump at the opportunity, given the way Hollywood and the culture at large seems to run away from anything labeled as a disappointment, the odds seem like they are against us happening anytime soon. But I suppose Han wouldn't have it any other way. What drives me crazy, and we've talked about this before, looking up some stuff on Collider, looking up some stuff on Cinema Blend like we do io9 and Variety, when you read the first two, three paragraphs that has to do anything to do with Solo, it always starts with, even though a huge disappointment, the Blu-ray is blah, blah, blah. Every article starts off with how negative the box office was, even though it was one of the biggest movies of the year, box office-wise. I agree with John Kasdan here. I would love to see another solo. I saw it on the plane. It made me love it even more. I definitely want to see another solo sequel. I don't care about what anybody else says. Please give us to us somehow, some way. I do think that the the movie's reception now that it's available for home release, I think people are going to have an attitude change about it in a positive way. People who didn't go to see it and they're going to see it. And there's what's not to like about it. The characters are really cool. And something that I mentioned this briefly last week, the novelization opened up some things that I wondered, is this a response to the movie as opposed, you know, to the reception of the movie as opposed to now this was just a stuff that had to get cut out for time's sake. Right. But, but man, there's a lot of good stuff going on and those characters. I'd like to see more about Kira and I really want to see more Infus Nest. That oh, is so a really intriguing character that it would be a shame to have it, have that arc just come to a stop now. Something that, now this is not Star Wars news by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely something to think about if you've seen where some of these characters, some of these Marvel characters are getting shows on the Disney streaming service. Yep. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yes. Yeah, they are. That's, yeah. That's that's a big deal right now. What do you mean they're getting yeah. shows? Like um, Witch who, and they're, getting, they're getting I, I know it's animated a, shows? Yes. Yeah, so, no, okay. Live action. live action. Oh, yeah. and shit. What the suggestion is, and I think I know where Eric is going with this. So it's been thrown out there that on the Disney streaming service, characters like Loki, the Scarlet Witch, you know, the, the lower tier characters like uh, Hawkeye, they're going to start getting six to eight episode seasons. With their original of actors. Their, with the actual actors, Holy yeah, the OG shit. actors reprising and, and carrying on their roles. And I guess it will be just like a comic book tie in. So I think I know where Eric's going because a lot of people are saying maybe this is what they can do with the characters from Solo. Yeah. 
and Infos Nest, and even Alden, exactly. Crimson Dawn, and, and, and even Alden, Kira, Maul. Like you can go ahead and say we're gonna go ahead and just do an eight episode, and and I guess the word was used as a hefty budget, meaning they're gonna pour like feature film, you know, low level well, feature film. What the rumor film. is for what with John Favreau's live action that is it's gonna be like a hundred million, million, ten million episode? an episode. Yes, yeah. So yeah, I know what Eric's doing or Eric's going with this, and mm-hmm. that was one of the suggestions I saw it on Twitter. I think you saw it too, right, Eric? Probably. Yeah, so let's just uh, attribute this to Twitter. Uh, someone threw it out there that this would be a great idea for oh, a be. Solo. It would be a great idea. Yeah, you know, to, to follow this model and say, okay, we're going to use Solo or even do, I mean, I'm going to say go as far as like a Yoda spinoff or something like that and just do six episodes like they're doing on Netflix and yeah, all those I, other I, shows. And I was, uh, about to, I was about to just say, I don't think these actors would, would want to do this on a streaming network, but... Fuck every big A lister is doing streaming networks. And it's now. all about working. Yeah. So it's all about if you're working, working and, and making that money, you're doing your thing. And watching the Emmys this last weekend and seeing the level and quality of television on streaming on network to to a degree. But the streaming quality has I think surpassed films. Movies. Completely. Well no, because you have a freedom. Yeah. That that the that you don't have with uh actual network that's right mm-hmm. and carrying on like if you're big bang theory you have to maintain a certain thing but right with- well and, and the actors now i don't think there is that big of a difference between a streaming show than there is being in the top five film you know what i mean right oh no 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 no. yeah if it streams and it catches a lot of buzz on on trends and all that yeah. stuff you're doing your job you've heated yeah, so up like a jeremy yeah. reiner or somebody from the big that's in marvel would do a series an eight or nine episode series on a and Disney so streaming. would Alden Ehrenreich and so would Alden and we're so, doing solo and you know what and Donald Glover already doing it with FX there it yeah is. that would be pretty cool dude did we take too much from you Eric or Sorry, you, got, you got more no not at all it's just because yeah there's no news it's just something cool to think about that'd be great that to be. to see something like that happen because and seriously I keep coming back to Emphis Nest but that character rules man I, I agree. Awesome. No, no, no. I agree with you. And we need more of her. Even if, yeah, if we just get her in a four episode arc and it's just Infus Nest. Imagine if we get an older version of Infus Nest in episode nine. No, because I really like the actual. Oh, I do actor. too. No, I want to see her. The, the costuming was cool. And the actual actress playing the leader of this whole thing. And just in general, I mean, they could go as far as like doing something with the huts. Mm-hmm. And and Crimson Dawn and well, that, well, here's my take. My take is I don't want to see a streaming show. I want to see a film in Tatooine that Jabba is sending these guys out for a big score, like everybody thought was going to happen for a sequel. And I want that to happen. And but it, and it's going to be you, Crimson Dawn versus Jabba and the Huts, Han and Lando and Chewie are going to come in, and we're going to see what is going okay. on with Kira. That's I'm, what I want to. I'm going to throw this at you, Lucasfilm. Fucking do it. I'm. I'm going <laughs> to hope Eric backs me up on this. You wouldn't take that if it was a ten episode. I would take streaming series I with would all take the actors. It if it was in a Lego episode, <laughs> That's but of funny. course I would take it. If it's Star Wars, I'm going to. You know, I'll definitely. That's take what it. I'm saying. I would take a fan film of it, but I would love to see it on the big screen. These guys need the opportunity to be able to do this. They made a good movie just because Lucasfilm fucked up on the marketing and fucked up the whole time there was released should not be their fault and they true and, and, and I, I think that's what Kasdan is saying like yeah. even though it's 
And like you said, you read the articles and Eric's read the articles and all of our peeps have read these articles and looked at things. And, and that word disappointment is just, a th- you know, it's like hitting your thumb mm-hmm. with the hammer. And it's just literally just bulging and pulsing and everybody. Well, keeps if that's seeing a disappointment, that I want every fucking movie. to be Exactly. And that's <laughs> the point. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. Like, just yeah. roll with it. Roll with if it. they do it on this streaming service. And yes, if they do it on the big screen. Just, just do it. And I, you got, yeah. you got to love Kazan because they're so detailed. Did, did you see the Eric the thermal detonator talk? Was that one of his points? Yeah, yeah, it definitely was something I could have lived without, honestly. But whatever, man. It's all. But you know backyard what? Backyard speculation. I, yeah, I, I, I get that. But at least like the, the detail of them thinking about it, kind. You know what I mean? I, that's pretty cool. You talked about, I don't know, Boo, did you know, hear about this thing? I did not. He, well, the, you know the thermal detonator in Return of the Jedi where Leia uses it and, and kind of uh, pretty much dares Jabba yeah. and says, hey, don't fuck with me. I'm going to blow this whole place up with everybody. Yeah. Well, he, well, this is what he said. Kazan talked about the thermal detonator being a callback to, the, to that exact moment. Of course, Han told Leia the story of how he and Kira broke out of the den of the white worms. And that's what gave Leia the idea to pull a thermal detonator when disguised as the bounty hunter Boshk in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. But actually have a thermal detonator. That's what the article said. Then I got that on uh, Variety, but they were quoting um, Kazan as well. I think that's fucking cool. I mean, it some is. people don't like it, but I mean, I like the fact that they're thinking about these things. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll admit that, that it's cool that they're thinking about it. It just seems, it's it's like I didn't need that. Like, it's too fan service I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's yeah. I told I told Leia that I pretended that this rock was a thermal detonator and threw it through a window and smashed it and let the sunlight in and burn this this creature. Okay, well that <laughs> means what I'll do is I'll use a real thermal detonator and threaten to set it off. Yeah, that's practically the exact same scenario. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's very wishy washy and bullshitty. What I like is the fact that they're going back and thinking about those kind of things. Oh no, I think it's cool that they're yeah, you know that they're so into it. Of course, I'm just being the complainer. That's right. But what a cool job, though, right? I mean, you have to dissect everything and franchise and see if you can have callbacks and stuff like that. That's very cool. We probably talked about this, but one of the coolest callbacks that the, from the movie was in the scene where Han is in the mud. Oh yeah, in the pit that with Chewbacca. Crazy. That's so cool, and it's. It's the frozen and carbonite. Yep. Well, that's yeah, that it. is pretty pretty rad. That was that was pretty rad. Well, there's your solo talk. Did you get to read or see the comic book for Last Jedi? No. Well, they had something pretty interesting in it. The Last Jedi comic book hit the same main beats as the movie did. There was also room to expand upon some of the material that Ryan Johnson put out there. When it comes to Luke Skywalker's death, the comic book adds some insight by showing the Jedi Master's internal monologue before he departed the mortal plane. This story is coming out of Cinema Blend, by the way. Just like in the theatrical screen Star Wars, The Last Jedi Luke Skywalker dies in the comic book adaptation when the toll of the Force projecting himself to Crate proved to be too much. In his last moments, Luke looked to Octu's two sons on the horizon. It was clear to longtime Star Wars fan that this was a calling back to the scene in A New Hope when the farm boy Luke gazed at Tatooine's twin sons as the last issue of The Last Jedi comic book showed is exactly what Luke was thinking. So this is what Luke says in his head or he thinks in his head. And so it ends as it began. 
by the light of the two suns. I thought that was pretty cool. And that's something you can't get out of a, uh, out of a movie because you can't be inside of his head. I haven't seen the panel, by the way. Do you think that would have made, if that would have been found its way into the actual movie, you know, instead of him like just fading away and actually him saying that, do you think people would have been able to swallow his death a little bit better? You know, take it, take it more instead of turning it into Yeah, I just what? don't know how they would have said that. Like, how would you get inside of his head? It, it, it would have been a little bit too on the nose for me. I kind of like that it wasn't said because yet you see him looking and he kind of, he, he has like a, I'm, I'm, like a, like a face of not relief, but of like realization and like, huh, yeah, he's, he's look comfortable. at that. Yeah, he's okay. comfortable. He's like, I'm just wow. saying, you know, all this whole, you know, this, and we always end up going back to it, just the controversies and the, yeah. You know, they ruin this and this and that. I think this right here would, for me, I think if it was somehow put into the film, maybe we wouldn't have gotten as much uh, crap. By the way, this also came from, it was through Cinema Blend, but VS Screen Rant that had this article. Just want to give them credit or credits to. What do you think about this, Eric? Me personally, okay, I feel like some of those things are for the viewer to figure out for the mm-hmm. people who totally make the connection yep. mm-hmm. that's like oh yeah right on but otherwise you're robbing them of the chance to have that realization by clobbering them over the head with it look over here remember remember how in the first movie when he stood on the thing and he <laughs> saw the thing with the thing this is like that you know it's nobody needs that i concur i concur I sound like the biggest complainer too, man, you know, because I love Star Wars plainly it like like so much to the point that people think I've gone off my rocker. Yeah, I, but, you are a big fan of the wars, but the also wars. you're a big fan of the evidently the hater aid tonight. I think you gulped it down pretty good. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. it's because I love Star Wars. It's yeah, man, it's there's just things that that it's okay to assimilate. And there's also things that are, it's cool to see this stuff where you catch it after multiple viewings or that you've watched the movie, you've sat on it a while and then you read about it. And that realization after the fact is part of the magic. Mm-hmm. Is that, is, is no, that, that too that, much? Maybe I'm being no, too dramatic. about no, it. Not. No, no, no. That makes sense. Be dramatic enough when you talk. I'm just saying that there, there are. The only reason why I brought that up is because when you get it through the comic book, there may just be some people who won't read it. You know what I mean? And I get it. You are. It is basically would be clobbering people over the head. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just picturing some kind of heroic uh, fade to black. You know what I mean? And just something like that being said. But then again, I don't think people. I don't think you could draw that pair uh what is it you could draw that line that luke knew what the hell was going to happen in the first place when he first started out as just you know normal luke skywalker so yeah understood right all right we're not going to get into this whole hour-long debate about the assholes on the internet and all the no. stuff that we've done before dominic gleason came out and talked about kelly mary trans harassment and i think he summed it up perfectly in about one paragraph, so I wanted to have... Les, you want to read this? Yeah, I got it. Read it with passion, though. Like, you're, like, pissed, Les. 
I have a horrible act like hold on less horrible like, Scottish accent that was you don't need to read it in Scottish I know, accent. I know. <laughs> just read it like how I was harassing you the last two days, like you're talking to me right now. Go Shut ahead. the hell up, man. Go don't ahead. you even fucking dare. Just go. Dude. Don't do you see this douche? No, no, okay, you see? Uh, but I have all day, buddy. All day. Yeah, people have an opinion about the film. Uh, it's absolutely two hours fine. Ahead of us, he needs to go to sleep. Come on, let's read this. You pay no, your I'm money good, and you're man, allowed you're to have an opinion, Jack. Start the up. stuff with Kelly was bullshit. That's a different thing altogether. So those people are just morons. Those people are just assholes. Can you stop moving the damn thing, dude? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a different level of stuff. You don't buy that when you buy your tickets. I thought the piece she wrote was amazing. I've got huge respect. Now you can move it. Ah, oh, this was a shit show. Huge respect for her. I thought she dealt with it as classily as, as an unclassy situation can call for. All right, I'm going to do this over. Um, and I'm going to read it. And we're going to keep both of this on, the, on this podcast. Let's see how this works. Dominic Gleason speaks out. People that have an opinion about the film is absolutely fine. You pay your money. You're allowed to have an opinion. The stuff with Kelly was bullshit. There's a different thing altogether. So you, those people are just morons. Those people are just arseholes. It's a different level of stuff. You don't buy that when you buy your ticket. I thought the piece she wrote was amazing. And I've got huge respect for her. I thought she dealt with it classily as an unclassily situation can call for. Where's my, like, where's my fucking belt? Do you like where's your my fucking caravan belt? in Periwinkle Blue for your ma? How was that, Eric? <laughs> that, was, that was great and not completely insensitive to anyone. <laughs> not at all. For all the people in Ireland that's not Scottish, because I don't think Dominic Gleeson is Irish, I apologize. I, I think you're going to start a fucking war in general, man. They're yeah. coming across the pond for you. No way. In I the just, first place, I just got dude. back from Boston. They all love me there. They're, that's Boston. <laughs> you're calling the I, Irish? I've been to Ireland. They love me there, too. All right. Are they even Irish? Chill out, The William Gleesons Wallace. aren't Irish, dude. William Wallace is Scottish. Yeah. Well, either yeah. Way, chill out. Every yeah. man dies. Not every man really oh, lives. God. Yeah, you got to tell them to hold, too. Let's get into some random schmeels. We're finished with our Star Wars. Let's get into some random shields. There's not a lot of stuff, but there is some creepy stuff coming out. Wonderful. More horror movies to come out. Shit. Yes. Halloween is coming. Not the movie, but actually the holiday. But the movie is coming too. David Gordon Green's Halloween is getting ready to set the world on fire. People are talking about it left and right. They say it's pretty amazingly violent and it's going to knock our socks off. In a little more than a month, the film will be hitting theaters, and in the wake of Monsters' recent hits like Get Out and It, the horror blockbuster is expected to explode at the box office. More than that, it should also continue changing studios' perspectives on certain franchises. And in the case of Miramax, which produced 2018's Halloween, that includes Hellraiser and Scream as well. I believe it was Variety sat down with the CEO, Bill Block, of Miramax, and this is what he had to say. Halloween was a Miramax license, and you'll see more of these coming from studios now. I will have some things to share with you. You mentioned something there that we're working on, two things in there that we're working on. This is going to be a big part of our new program. So it looks like we're going to get a new Hellraiser, a new Scream, and the Halloween and horror genre is coming back, y'all. Everything is it goes in full circle. Remember Kevin Smith said this a while ago. He said, Take all the comic book movies and the sci-fi movies. Take them all in because they're going to go away one day. I don't see that happening for a while. Yeah, I don't know about that. And then that. he said, just wait. The Halloween slasher films, they're going to come back as well. And it looks like they're coming back. So Hellraiser was one of the scariest films that I see. The first one was freaky shit. A box 
Not just any box. It opens doors. Doors to the pleasures of heaven. <laughs> Give me that box. Give me that box. We have such sights to show you. Hellraiser. There are no limits. A film by Clive Barker. Scream was a great movie. It was a different type of horror. I don't think they should touch either of them. Stop rebooting these kind of things. I am going to go see Halloween yep. because I've heard great things about it. And John Carpenter said that he was all about the script. So I'm definitely going to go see that. What's your take on this, Boo? I know you like scary, bloody movies. Yeah, uh, well, these are, these are Hellraiser does scare me because that's that's more along of not the scary that i want to watch but you know halloween is scary that i'll watch um but i don't know i i I kind of agree scream scream never really scared me i just thought it was interesting it was like a modern horror movie i guess something that could really happen ish kind of um i don't know but yeah it's kind of tough The, the 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 whole reboot thing is it's a tough situation. I don't know if if it has the proper support, I guess better writing and stuff like that. The actors are are chosen correctly and things like that. It's a tough pill to swallow because I do agree where I do not want uh, reboots of everything and stuff like that. Some of them do well, but it's it's a tough thing. I'm not 100 percent sure of if it should happen. If anything that has to be rebooted, I think the horror genre is something that can be made better, easier than other things. I think what it is is the 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 kills are what need to be revamped or pushed forward or something like that. Push forward is how. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know like, what I mean. But you can only hit someone with the bus so many times or <laughs> chainsaw so much. I the way I look at it though, I think movies like Scream and Hellraiser, if you really take into account what they are, you can keep making movies with those. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have the same characters. You can always just take a rehashing or, especially with Hellraiser, mm-hmm. it's basically a toy that opens a portal to hell. And so, uh, you know, if someone else finds it and messes around with it, you know, and, and I'm going to take this. Jumanji did a really good job of modernizing. That's very true. And bringing it into what we are now. So, you know, and it found a way. So it's like the game itself found a way to do what it had to do. Mm-hmm, so I could mm-hmm. see, especially for Hellraiser, I could see, you know, the box being there and someone buying it again. It, yeah. It's always going to be that. And maybe it's crappy. You know, maybe it's one of those things where you just, oh, cliche. The Xenobites can always evolve and change mm-hmm. and take things to another level. As far as Scream goes, poignant things that are happening now that can turn, that they could use for the basis to make another scream and turn it into something else. Yeah. The online element Mm -hmm. changes things. The easy hookup and dating element changes things. The cell phone video Mm -hmm. changes things. And, you know, that totally takes it to a different direction. So I think the elements are there to make this a little, to to change things and modernize things and make them all relevant. It's just, I would say it's kind of tough to bring older actors back. Mm -hmm. Okay. By the way, What's really scary and horrific and for the horror genres, me fucking up Dom, Dom Hall. Nall. Dom Hall Gleason's yeah. name, by the way. It's pronounced Donal. Donal. Okay, so Donal like Donal Logue? 
no, like the word, like the word tonal, Donal. but with a D. Donal. 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 Sorry about that, Donal. Donal. I know he listens to us, and he is. He is. He was born in Ireland. Us. Yeah. He. Oh, thank the maker. They're Irish. Irish. Perfect. The, the, the accents yeah. are Irish. The Irish. Yeah. Okay. Great. So sorry about that, but I. Your his dad's. His dad's Jackie Gleason, by the way. No, it is not. <laughs> Right. You got to right. keep that in there. Yeah. Yeah. That is Donald not Gleason the, must be really Brendan fucking old. Yeah. be like, what the bleep? You asshole. <laughs> ah, that's that's, awesome. that's that is, Jack that is the only part that I made up. Yeah. His, it, I, I, was, I was sitting here going, man, I'm almost sure. Like it was alarm going off in my head. I think Araj was saying Dominic. Was he saying Dominic? Oh, I better ask him. Yeah. He it's said Donald. It a, yeah. He said it in a debonair way, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was very debonair how I said don't Dominic. Dominic. Well, I apologize for you Star Wars fans. Yikes, I apologize to myself, I'm a Star Wars fan. But your takes on horror, I kind of both agree with both of you guys. I some of these movies should be redone, maybe, and if they can do it better, kinda of hopefully knock on wood, this whole Halloween look. They did it with it. It was it was done and it was done very well. So if they can do it very well, then do it. Don't just make it like Predator where you're just the money grab. <laughs> you know what I mean? Eric, what's your take on this? Back in the day, we remember when slasher films were huge. Friday the 13th was massive. Halloween was massive. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was massive. I remember seeing Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D in the movie theater, which was... Oh, wow. Blew my mind as a kid. Yeah. So what do you think about this? What the hell are you watching that as a kid for? What? I was after Officer and Gentleman, buddy. I went straight in. (laughs) And that's why you there's are no, who the after, fuck after you are today. Officer and gentlemen, yeah. Less, yeah. Less, uh, after officer and gentlemen, there's no turning back. That, I no bet it is, back. dude. That's ladies and gentlemen, Raj Dolchahi. Everyone. That's why I'm an asshole. Yeah, man. I guess one thing I would ask is, aren't there any new stories? <laughs> no, but there, there's not. Nope. There's apparently not. Magnum PI is coming back on television, buddy. <laughs> Murphy Brown <laughs> is coming back. Murphy. Why do we need fucking Murphy Brown? Ugh. Well, the mess, the, but but it's it's original actress. It's not like a. It is, isn't it? Is. Candace Bergen. Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's a reboot. No, so to speak. Magnum is though. But Magnum. but I do I think so. that you know if you could do something well and improve upon it or modernize it for a a new audience, that's cool. Like just a, as a songwriter, let me give you sort of a. A, a metaphor for it. I'm a fan of the Trans Siberian Orchestra, which like r- rose from, I guess you could call them co- sort of a thrash metal band, Sabotage. That Ooh, I didn't know they really were, they rose from Sabotage. Oh yeah, dude, Sabotage oh, was big in the. Well, the thing is, I say big. They were never huge. They never became like that household metal band name like iron maiden or those guys yeah yeah because they were they were really progressive and as a matter of fact the christmas eve sarajevo the carol of the bell sing that tso does that was a sabotage song oh shit it got some started getting some radio play but you know they were just really honest about it's like look sabotage people hear that and they think thrash metal nobody wants to hear this so they recorded the first Trans-Siberian Orchestra album and included that song on there. I mean, didn't remix it, didn't do anything. Just picked it up off of the Dead Winter Dead CD and stuck it on this CD and had some other songs to go with it. But so as anyway, 
sabotage is a done thing. Years go by. The guy who is sort of the mastermind behind it all sees an opportunity to give some of these songs that he created a second chance. And they redid them as Trans-Siberian Orchestra and, you know, kind of switched it up a little bit. So and introduced it to a whole new group of people who may have never experienced it otherwise. And as a creative, I can see why that is attractive. Now, as far as movies getting rebooted, it's a little bit different because it's not the same creator making it again. Gotcha. In most most part. That's true. I feel like then it's it cheapens it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but like movies that like the Scream franchise, th- those were good already. I don't know what you need to do differently. But but whatevs, man. If people dig it, then so be it. That's that's all I can say. Let me throw this out there though, Please. and this is a little bit of a random grab here, but I'm a big fan of David W. Collins, the soundtrack show podcast. Mm-hmm. And people are like, does, does he pay you to constantly go on and on about his podcast? <laughs> Maybe if you went on and on about your own podcast, more people would listen to it. <laughs> this week, he did the music of Psycho. Man, if you want to really listen to great about how like good horror movie gets made it is a fantastic listen it's really cool it gives you some good background and like just the film genre in and of itself and it's really cool that's awesome that's great i saw your tweet today and i was thinking that is probably dead on because every time we do some kind of halloween maze or a haunted house at work we do that for our kids um the Psycho soundtrack is one of the first ones I go to. Shining and Psycho. It's really good. Now, here's something that's cool about the Psycho soundtrack is that the only instruments in the music bed are string instruments. Ooh. It's not an orchestral score per se. There's no percussion. There's no brass or woodwinds. It's all strings. And it. they talk about how the... <laughs> Never mind. Just go listen to the show. I'm not going to recreate it. That's dumb. <laughs> what? No, well, this was strumming with Struthers. We missed that. We haven't had that in a while. I know. It, it was. It, it totally segued into it naturally. It sure did. Great. It's organic strumming with Struthers. You got to finish it off, Eric. Please. Yeah. Yeah, well, please. The, the coolest take home from this was that the... Well, first of all, they tell you what that... Ring, ring, ring sound violins, is. Right? Violence? Like, yeah. Yeah, but like how they com- how they stack those sounds. Oh, it's okay. four tones in a row. So like chromatic, you think they'd call it a tone cluster. It's a D sharp, E, F, and F sharp all together, but they separate them across different octaves. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, neat. Now I'm going to play that on my guitar all the time. <laughs> but, uh, but, but they talk about the scene where the lady is driving and uh, like how... There's literally nothing going on in it. And if you shut off the sound, you're like, oh, my God, this is the most boring movie I've ever seen. But with the music, it adds this sense of dread that that just like sucks you down. And it's really cool. The music drove all that in the scene. And Hitchcock really used his music for every movie that he did to be a big part. Yeah. Tarantino does. Which. Yeah. If you get back to Halloween, John Carpenter's. The score Man. was just ridiculous. Man. That's my everybody knows that the Halloween score is 
dun, 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 you know, the, the yeah. famous one. But my favorite is just the. Oh, when he's hunting. Done it. Yeah. Done it. Yeah. It's just so, creepy, yeah, it's, eerie. I love oh, it. Yeah, you know somebody's going to die. So check this out, man. When you talk about the movie experience and what the creator wants you to get out of it, okay? Obviously, I was not alive when this movie came out, when Psycho came out, but Hitchcock had this rule, and they stuck to it. First of all, he just implored people, do not tell your friends about this. Let them see it and and receive it that way. But also... They had a very strict rule that theaters followed that nobody is allowed to come in once the movie starts. Ooh, that's at really all. Cool. If, that's really cool. if you're late, too bad, so sad. And they people followed it because in his mind, he had this vision of this movie is best consumed in this manner. And it, you either watch it like this or you don't watch it. And and people went along with it. And it had the nation whipped up into a frenzy because it that approach made people go see the thing and it was not well received by the critics, but they ended up a lot of them changing their reviews because of how popular it was. <laughs> They're like, we must have missed the boat. But anyway, the whole point is, is that the creator had this in mind and in, made these rules of engagement for the audience that this is how you're going to take this movie in. I love it. I love that. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That is very cool. I love how we just talked about Psycho. Very we weren't even yeah. expecting that. I love that. Here's keeping the hard trick. By the way, there's a Child's Play reboot in the works. Don't. And it looks like Aubrey Plaza. No, stop Aubrey, it. Aubrey Plaza, who I'm a fan of. I like her. And Atlanta's Brian Tyree Henry are pa- circling the, the roles boy. in this project. Wow. So we'll see. Yikes. Not a great, huge fan of Child's Play. That's another one I don't think that needs to be redone. But not at all. Whatever. I mean, I get it. The doll is a very yeah. The first one was cool. Not, then not we had so the much... bride of Chucky, and then we had Chucky and. Well, what know, I mean by the doll, I mean like just actual Chucky. lifelike dolls yeah. or dolls in any kind yeah, of way that talk freaky. to you. My buddy Teddy Ruxpin, yeah, kid sister, yeah, they could all tickle yeah. me Elmo. Yeah, they could all come to life, dude. <laughs> I would rather have tickle me Elmo be fucking murdering people. That'd be I'd rather Kegel the elf can come get you too. I'd rather chill with Bert and Ernie, but we're not going to get into that discussion. No, no. Oh, no. Bert and Ernie are great. Yeah. They're the best. Oscar the Grouch can pop out of a garbage can and I'm fucking start stabbing too. motherfuckers. That'd be great. Cookie Monster. Big Bird. Really go for it. Dude. Big Bird. Speaking of all things horror, but guys, oh, I said this last week, but their podcast is finally out with an episode. <laughs> Please check out Your Creepy Podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, all the platforms. It's our friends, Jesse and Rebecca, have a creepy podcast called Your Creepy, and they talk about all things that are (laughs) creepy. Absolutely. And I listened to the first episode, Driving to Work Today, half of it, and then Driving Back, and I got the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. I did. Mission accomplished. Uh, and our buddy Evan DeCellis does the artwork. So if you go on Twitter, go to at you creepy. By the way, how did you get that handle, by the way? You creepy wasn't taken? That's awesome. I'm thinking your creepy was taken. I know, but you, you, you would creepy. think you creepy would That's be taken. That's pretty, yeah. Like, dude, you creepy. Don't do that. Okay. Go ahead and do that. Well done, ladies. Great podcast. I enjoyed it. You'll enjoy it too, especially if you're into horror and into weird paranormal crazy stuff. And the first episode has to do with kind of like the 
Exorcist of Spain. And they did a film on that. You know what? And I like the fact that they I don't know will touch uh, foreign movies too because there's some really the first good movie Spanish, they started with a foreign film. Really, really good uh, foreign horror movies out there. Please check them out. They're, they're awesome people. And ironically, as Alanis Marcet said once, isn't this ironic? Don't you think that the two uncreepiest people that I've, I've probably met are have a podcast about creepy shit? Hmm. I am subscribing even as we speak. Fantastic. You're going to love it. There it is. Comic book and movie schmeals. There's a big thing that came out. A big thing. Captain Marvel. We have a preview. That's the first I've heard of it. Don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Brie Larson steps into the role of Carol Danvers. And we are going to take a listen. War is a universal language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one. Never occurred to me that one might come from above. Space invasion. Big car chase. Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up till I met you today. So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. idea what threats are out there we can't do this alone we need you i'm not what you think i am there you have it captain marvel pretty fucking amazing we're going to talk about it in a second but first i want to play people a lot of people don't know the story of captain marvel like me i didn't know exactly what the deals and the shmeals were about Captain Marvel. I know we have different characters and old Captain Marvel, new Captain Marvel. Now Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel. So I'm going to play a little brief overview of how Captain Marvel started from Mojo.com. Here it is. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we'll explore the comic book origins of Marvel's Captain Marvel. As with most comic book characters, there are often reimaginings and different versions to a character's past. We've chosen to primarily follow the storyline which unfolded in Captain Marvel number one. Marvel, a brave soldier of the intergalactic Kree Empire who became known as Captain Marvel, debuted in 1967's Marvel Superheroes. The Fantastic Four had recently defeated two other Kree warriors, the robotic Sentry and the mighty Ronin the Accuser. Marvel was sent to Earth to teach the planet that no one was to mess with the Kree and get away with it. That was the story, at least. In fact, Marvel's superior, Colonel Jan Rog, was sending him on what he assumed would be a suicide mission. If Marvel died, Jan Rog would have Marvel's girlfriend, Una, all to himself. On Earth, Marvel revealed that his battle outfit enabled him to retain his superior Kree strength as well as help him breathe in the Earth's atmosphere. When not wearing his battle outfit, Marvel needed a special potion in order to breathe. 
and he only had a limited supply of it. Marvell disguised himself as an Earthling and plotted his next step. He also modified several of his Kree weapons to give him even greater abilities. As Marvell tested these new weapons, Colonel Yon Rog devised a plan. He would bring Marvell back aboard his ship, but cause an accident to occur in the process which would kill him. Back on Earth, Marvell, assuming the disguise of a master of robotics, inspected a Kree robot, the massive being known as Sentry, which lay dormant at an army base. When Yon Rog activated the Sentry from aboard his ship, it began wrecking havoc. Changing into his battle outfit, Marvell, dubbed Captain Marvel by onlookers, fought the Sentry to protect the Earthlings, for whom he was beginning to feel sympathy. Suddenly, Marvell found himself banished from his homeworld, and thus Captain Marvel was born. All right, since now that you got the backstory of who Captain Marvel was, let's talk about this preview, and let's talk about Carol Danvers and what this is all about and how this might be a game changer for the next Avenger film. Les, what do you got on this? I'm going to ask you first. What do you think about this trailer? Did it live up to expectations? Was it better than you thought it was going to be? What you say? It definitely... Like I said before, this movie has gone so far under the radar without any real issues. And then this trailer drops and, you know, the internet and everybody just starts going crazy and losing their mind. So I'm actually glad because this changes everything for me. It definitely makes it feel, like I said, it lifts that weight off of our shoulders from Infinity War. And I think this is going to be fun. It doesn't look like we're getting an origin story, though, right? I think it may not be so much an origin story in the traditional sense. I think it may be put together in a different way. I think this will be your, I don't want to say origin, like, okay, she started down here and then she was born here and, you know, a day in her life, but more or less, it's going to like flash back, flash forward. You're going to be able to put the pieces together and say, okay. Well, you, now we know where she's coming. You think that's going to be with the flashbacks? On the, on, in the trailer that we just heard and we've all seen, we obviously know there's just tons of flashbacks on this thing and different generational flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. Yeah. So it's just going to be one of those, we're going to put the puzzle together. This is a broken, either a broken mirror or some kind, something like that. And we're going to go ahead and put these pieces together. And I like the fact that it's Nick Fury who's going to be guiding this. Yeah, and, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, definitely looks, you know, this is going to propel him the way they're putting it, this is going to propel him from just being, you know, Nick Fury and the the super soldier or the super spy guy into the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the basically the the watcher over the planet. If you think about it, he's he's our first like guardian. If you really think about it, he's always looking at stuff. S.H.I.E.L.D. is always going, he's the okay, first Avenger, something like that. But, you know, they're always going, OK, there's something going on. And he's the one going, OK, we identified this. We're filing this. We're. You know, we're keeping a dossier on such and such and so and so. And I think this is where Captain Marvel basically propels him into that upper echelon. Now, we, the first scene I loved because she crashes into a blockbuster video and it put me right back into the <laughs> 90s. Seeing the blockbuster video logo and the colors, I love that we're seeing this film and it's set in the 90s. And going to back to what you said about Samuel Jackson and Nick Fury, I think. If you saw this trailer, you know how amazing his de-aging looks like. And I think that this is going to be a game changer because we haven't had a character de-aged for an entire film. 
like a big part. We had oh, Jeff yeah. Bridges in Tron. I mean, it was great for this time. Yeah. But now you cannot tell that Samuel Jackson is has been de-aged. It is freaky. Mm-hmm. Whatever they got going on over there at Disney Marvel is just the magic. Ridiculous. Shudders, I think me both of us, you and I, need to be de-aged. <laughs> Speak for yourself, man. I'm as <laughs> handsome as can be. I didn't say you weren't handsome. I love I'm it. just saying I love how it. cool would it be to be de-aged? It would be pretty neat, man. But it would only be cool if, like, my, like, I could actually experience it from the <laughs> that's inside. True. That's true. From the It'd inside. be only cool if that actually would work, like, going outside and hanging out and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I just mean that I don't just appear the age, that my knees don't hurt every time I get up and all yeah. that other stuff. Man. Yeah. Right. What would you think about this trailer, Eric? Man, I thought it was really cool. I, I'm i not that familiar with the character, and so all of it is I have nothing to compare it to except to be saying, Nate, yeah. man, yeah, whoa. And I think Brie Larson is a really cool pick because it's, I don't know, just the way she delivers it. She's crushing it. And and like you said, with Samuel L. Jackson, it's like hurts your brain to think about. (laughs) It does. The whole thing. Now, one thing I find interesting about it is like, so Jude Law, what does he do? Jude he's Law supposed is, to be he, Captain Marvel. He's like the original, the OG, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So but the idea is out there that he might be the enemy as well. Like he turns in Captain Marvel, turns into the enemy. Uh, quite possibly because I don't he, know. His, I don't know the backstory. His character's whole thing is that he was sent to be a spy for the Kree Empire, mm-hmm. uh, and then something happens where he has to help her to keep her alive, either blood transfusion or. Some kind of life giving. He has like a life giving blood. So what you just heard with the mo- <laughs> excuse me the Mojo explanation of Captain Marvel that is Marvel. The original. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And so yeah, he's there, and you know what? Uh, I actually think that's cool, man. Get get as many of our uh, generations actors that Hell yeah, we've I love watched. Great actor. I think get as many of them in these superhero movies as possible, please. Uh, and watching him, not only that, he's going to be Dumbledore. For those of you Potter fans out there, uh, sure is. But yeah, he's playing Captain Marvel, and if he's going to be into being the villain, other than the scrolls, which is Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. By the way, we didn't see Mendo at all, did we? Uh, they did not show the scrolls. They did not. Oh shit! We just literally watched it. I think we need to watch that again, everyone. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, they, well, no, well, I don't think. They did. I think we need to watch that again. Technically, they did because the the old lady that she punches on the train that would be a scroll. bus. Yes, a scroll. Yeah, hopefully but there's hopefully photo she's not images. Just she's not just beating up an old lady. What you what do you think about the trailer? Uh, Initial thought, reaction. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was very good. It looks great. It looks great visually. I think it's going to be really awesome. I like like uh, especially for uh, in the last Avengers movie, the Infinity War. I thought Thor being uh, more epic Thor with the lightning and the eyes and everything, the brightness of it, I was like, that's bitching. It looks great. The way it just lights up the screen, I think they're taking that and putting it into Captain Marvel, which I think looks really good. Of course, I, 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 I know it's a teaser, so I didn't get enough to actually you know, get an opinion, but it, I am interested. And picking, off, picking back off of what Les said about the not, not being an origin story, the way that I saw it is that it's going to be like Wolverine, where you know who he is, but he doesn't. 
Yes. That kind of thing. So we have flashbacks. We start piecing things together throughout the movie or later and stuff like that. So I so I thought that was that was really cool. I was like, huh. So well, that's that's what well, I. Well, obviously she grew up in the United States, right? But I mean, she doesn't remember what yes, happened exactly. And, yes. And, and the flashbacks, she's starting to remember things. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So what I want to say is, she's an Air Force pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just guess it that she's doing some kind of experimental flight, ends up getting sucked into space. Kind of like something. the Hal Jordan of Marvel. I would say that. Loosely, okay. like I would loosely say that because okay. the idea is that Marvel came to Earth, mm-hmm. and for uh, Hal Jordan, it wasn't that uh, Abin Sur got killed in his sector and the ring Chose fell, him. found him. Okay, gotcha. whereas uh, Marvel was on Earth, alive, alive and well, got her back to the Kree Empire, all that other stuff, okay. and you know, now we have what we have. All right, cool. Yeah, this thing is uh, this is going to be a big one. The question that I have for you guys is: I think I've asked this before. Are we going to see a younger version of Thanos somehow, some way? No, no, but but the, you will get certain connect. Well, certain things being opened up, like you know, like we've been saying, you'll see the Kree, you'll see the Scroll. Also, you're going to see Ronan, who was the initial bad guy in the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you'll see his descent from being he is part of the Kree, correct? Yes, he is. He's so, uh, yeah. So the Cree. So just to expand on this a little more, there was a major Avengers event called the Cree Scroll War, mm-hmm. and ultimately the Avengers had to go because they had to go into the space to the heart of the Cree Empire because it was threatening to wipe out Earth. They ended up going against and then later teaming up with the Cree's version of the Avengers, which had Marvel. Uh, Doctor Minerva, Ronan was part of that. Korath, the Pursuer, all these these guys that eventually fell out with the we get Empire. It as you read comics, and, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I loved reading. I actually only got one issue of that whole thing, and it was when they were fighting, and uh, Captain Marvel turns to Doctor Minerva and basically says, "I just want you so bad right now." Like it was like, <laughs> "You make my blood boil." She's like, "There's no time for that right now. Let's continue fighting." And you would like that, you hell. pervert. Beating the hell out of the Avengers, just knocking <laughs> Avengers all over, just knocking them all out, dude. And that was a crappy Avengers team, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> well, we have a voicemail from King Tom. I don't know what it's about, but I would imagine it has to do with Captain Marvel. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> Let's listen to His Majesty. Hey, Sith listeners, it's King Tom. First, I want to say happy birthday, Les. Hope you get to crunch all you want tonight. <laughs> Secondly, uh, the Captain Marvel trip. This trailer. I don't think we as comic book Marvel fans realize how huge this trailer was. Captain Marvel is going to be carrying the next phase of Marvel. She was introduced by just her symbol at the end of their biggest movie in 10 years. A lot of people don't know who she is. And this trailer is going to be the first time they saw her in action. And I think it delivered. And I don't see anybody saying anything bad, even the jackasses who have complained against her slapping an old woman on the train. Uh, it looked great. I think I think the movie is going to be good. Uh, they're changing her story, which I'm fine with. I've, I've read someone say, you know, her her base origin is a little bit close to Green Lantern. They probably want to get away from that. And then where she, the, the the story where she got the powers of a star, well, that's from the X Men involved the X Men. So I'm fine with them changing their story. And I think we have some hints as to how they're going to do it. In the trailer. 
But it kind of got me thinking, you know, I'm, I'm good with nine out of 10 of the story changes that Marvel has made to make the transition of characters from comics to the MCU. And we're going to be getting more phases of movies. We're going to this TV show on the Disney streaming service. But what do you guys think is the likelihood of them, you know, changing things so much where they actually introduce a hero or a villain? It's probably easier to do it with a villain. But a major character who has no basis in the comics whatsoever, someone who's wholly original to the the cinematic universe. Do you think mm. they could do that? I don't think <laughs> they've really done it with that a major character. The only closest thing I could think of is um, Harley Quinn, who I think was introduced in the cartoon or animated series first by DC. And I'm wondering if Marvel would ever do something like that and have it go from, you know, cinematic universe to comic instead of the other way around. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say about the trailer. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. All right, King Tom, thank you. That is really, really interesting. I think Les is dying to talk right now. So we're going to go with, to Eric first. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead, buddy. King Tom, first of all, thanks for wishing me a happy birthday. Uh, thank you very That's much. That's sweet of you to thank him. Um, I will say this right now. I think they did that already with X-23. Oh, X-23. She was created, and they, they've done it before in the in all the animated stuff. You know, like you said, Harley Quinn was created in the animated series for Batman. Great character, amazing uh, comic book following, cult following now. And then... As far as the X-Men go, they've created multiple, like multiple uh, characters just for the animated show. So there's Spike, there's Morph, which was horrible, but for that first X-Men animated series, that was a really, he flowed in and they made it happen. <sighs> Morph was horrible. Uh, and actually, they brought that around to the comic books where he was a villain in like a major crossover that like killed a few major X-Men. Because they were like, his thing was, you killed me off in the show. And here I am to kill you guys in the comics, which I guess whatever. And then uh, X-23, which was in X-Men Evolution, if I'm not mistaken. And you get Laura now in the comics, and we got Laura in Logan. One of the greatest, sorry, I'm going to stand on this hill. One of the greatest movies ever produced. I'll stand up there with you. Thank you. Uh, greatest movies in general or greatest comic book movies? I'm going to go with... Because Ethan Hawke would have a lot to say about man, that. Man, and you know what? Fine, he said, Mr. Hawke. It was Hawk. a good movie, but it was not That's one right, of the best Mr. movies Hawk. ever. Sure. sure. If, if, if we're going like AFI Top 100, it's in that list. Yeah. yeah was, the, the Boo and I are on this hill. films of all time. Huh? Yes. A few wow. other people will be on this hill with us. Right behind Predator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Damn right. That. that should be on that I list, too. I love Logan. I'm not talking shit on Logan. I love Logan. I know. <laughs> so it, it has been done, but... Eric, I overheard you as the voicemail was playing. You said that is interesting. And I just don't know what they would do. Like if they could actually create Someone. maybe some type of, I don't know, man. I mean, I think that would be sick or like really awesome to bring out some like, we're introducing just this random character for the next Netflix series or Marvel's, you know, movie and actually mm -hmm. go, okay, this person is it. And then they have the the marketing machine behind it. If I'm not mistaken, right? They have Disney. Absolutely. They can produce whatever they want and make this thing a big deal. So that actually might actually be something. Did I just say that actually might actually be something? You did actually, I actually say that. I think you did say that. Yeah. Here's, here's a question for Mrs. Struthers. Hmm. In Star Wars, when has that ever happened? I have it in my head. A character that was from something that was animated hmm. into live action. I know. 
I know it too. Oh, okay. I thought. Never mind. You completely threw me off. Um, let's see. There's animated. Made it into live action. Well, Robot Legs Mall is yeah. one. Can I say this first? Wasn't this character novelized, then animated, and then brought into the movie? Who are you talking about? Saw Guerrero. Saw Guerrero? Yeah. There was somebody before Saw Guerrero. I think well, I, I, that's I, somebody. There was something. I, well, ooh, I, I know of somebody. It's Chopper. Ah. But there was also Captain Rex. And oh, if we're gonna go, hey, if we're gonna go hey, bullshit route, hey, you asked. If we're gonna hey, go, Captain Rex. We're gonna there. go. We got lucky that hey. somebody looked like Captain hey. Rex, and they hey. go back and do it. It's sure. canonized. They they made that uh, choice. They made they canonized that after Chopper was in it. So. I well, well but what you're right. Did he do? I guess. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Thing with Captain Rex is he was in. Didn't him as a clone, like unhelmeted, or I mean helmeted clone. Was he in? Uh, Revenge oh. of the Sith at all? I'm trying to think, or was that just no? Because they were they they would have already been, they would have already been gone, or or was he an said, attack of the clones? Yeah, they would have said something. Somebody would have pointed out who the hell is this? Yeah, he might have been an attack of the clones with helmeted though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we're gonna get somebody sending us a email mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, that. that's the that, that's Good the question. clones are not something I'm super up on, but yeah. Um, no, Saul Guerrero is a good answer, but because yeah, he was in. I guess Saul Guerrero would be before oh, Chopper because Saul Guerrero was in the film first before Chopper. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, depending on how you want to stack it, Saul Guerrero was in an animated series that came before the animated series that Chopper was in. Correct. And then uh, we have to be careful, King Tom, with that whole creating. Yeah. A thing because we all remember Superman 4, Quest for Peace. Is that the one with Richard Pryor? No, that's the one where they just created some nuclear man to fight mm-hmm. Superman. The greatest hope against the threat of nuclear war is Superman. I'm going to do what our governments have been unwilling or unable to do. Effective immediately, I'm going to rid our planet of all nuclear weapons. Instead of actually giving a real here, like so, real... what you guys are saying is, do not have any original ideas and always go to like the content of the comic books. I would say it's okay to create. You just have to be careful. You don't want to do what. What do you that want? Was, reboots so. or original ideas? You're complaining about reboots. Now you want original. You don't want original ideas. I just want that good what shit, man. What do you want? Give me that good shit, man. That's no, all I want, man. It's just tremendously hard. That's what Les is saying, and that's, that's why. <laughs> tremendously hard. <laughs> that's that's funny. What was it? But uh, th- there's a reason why a lot of these characters are decades old or something like that. It's because it's it's very, very challenging to create characters that have hold and that have, you know, weight to them and where people are like, yes, this character should stay. That's that's why. That's the challenge of mm-hmm. it. But if anybody could do it, it is, you know, Disney Marvel. That's that true. Anybody can do it. It's them. Well, sticking on the Disney Marvel train mcu let's talk a little bit about avengers 4 and the theories that we had last week we got into a crazy debate because mr hosbrook corrected you guys and said i was right but that's cool we're not gonna get into that (laughs) (laughs) finally jared jared emailed us thank you jared for emailing us we really appreciate it and i'm gonna have Les read this because he loves reading emails now uh, because it's so easy to do so here we go go ahead Les, read jared's email 
Hey, Sith listeners, with all your talk of Avengers 4 theories, I figured I should share my take on how I'd like to see the next chapter in the MCU play out. Cool. When Doctor Strange says that there was one timeline where the heroes win, he was actually talking about a future where Thor aims for the head and manages to kill Thanos moments before he snapped. When Strange says they're in the endgame now, Thanos still hasn't faced off against Thor on Wakanda. Strange had to give up the Time Stone to get Thanos to go after the Mind Stone. So at the start of Avengers 4, all hope is truly lost as they are actually in the wrong timeline. Okay, hold on for a second. I got a question for you, Les, and I got a question for Jared, but too bad Jared's not here to answer me. When he says that, when he has all those thoughts in his head and, and the, sees the future, doesn't he pretty much say that Iron Man, that Tony is the only way that this is going to work out? Didn't he say that he you... He said no. He said it was the only way to get... Ultimately, Thanos has to get all of the stones. Right. And that was the only way to get to the one outcome. Right. Is to and give Tony's all the stones. Tony's a big part of that outcome. No, Tony just happened to be the one there because he said, I'll give you the stone in exchange for his life. And then he told him when, Dan, when he yeah, said you should have. Here comes the debates again. No, he did, said. Didn't he say that the reason why he's exchanging for his life is because Tony is no, vital? No, he said it's the only way. He didn't say it's because he was vital. No, uh, but uh, just based off of money-wise, Tony Stark is vital. He's going to be the one. He has yes. to be the one because he is the leader of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wait, are you thinking as you know a what fan this just... boo? Are you thinking oh, no, no, as, no, uh, no. Are you thinking as a fan boo? Or I'm thinking as somebody not thinking about the future in the, the executive. I'm sitting in outside the, the films. I'm, or just I'm thinking sitting, about somebody that's in. Like, I'm sitting in the executive in chair. The... Yes, I'm sitting right. in the, okay, in the cause, golden. Cause somebody was telling me. I know. Hey, no, 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 no. Because that that's be no. Because you're heartless. No, that's different. Because you're heartless. I'm talking about. I'm talking about when it when it matters. Character-wise, that's still alive. You're a heartless bastard. And you Gentlemen, know all this says is that we need to watch Avengers Infinity War again. That's it. Cue it up just, right now. Just cue Please it up. Please continue with the with Just the, cue uh, it up Jared's and let's go. Wonderful email. Go ahead. So, ahem, it says, ahem. I believe the movie will start with Scott Lang falling into one of the time vortexes. I agree. In the quantum realm and appearing about five years into the future. Oh. Since Scott disappeared at the same time as everybody else, he was believed to have been, to have been snapped also. That's me paraphrasing. Is that right? In the future, he will meet his daughter Cassie as a teenager. Oh. And an older Tony Stark who has desperately been trying to make things right ever since Thanos won. Tony has been, has been losing hope and has just about accepted that there is no way to save everybody. But Scott teaches him about the quantum realm and how he was able to travel in time and visit pocket dimensions and that it could potentially be used to take back the Infinity Stone. Also, in case... You guys haven't seen. There is a collection of various behind-the-scenes set photos from Avengers Four that might reveal some information. This first batch shows an older Tony Stark and Scott Lang at the Battle of New York from the first Avengers film. There's also a younger Tony Stark wearing the Black Sabbath shirt and featuring cuts identical to the first meeting. Throw the horns. And the return of Loki who has just been arrested following the end of the movie. Also of note is the devices many characters have on their wrists and that fancy stick. Cap and Ant-Man have, which I'm sure will be digital, digitally altered to look like something else. Interesting. Okay, Jared. Okay. Jared right. did his homework. Like I said, Tony Stark could be pivotal. Yes, because... Because he gets paid the most. That's, that's right. why. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jared, for that. I, I agree Very with good. most of everything you said. Um, I, I don't disagree with anything, actually. It's a fantastic Because it angel. could be that. But what was interesting for me is when you said he's... When Scott Lang falls into the time vortex, he comes out in the future. I always thought he's going to go back. Uh, but I love what you're saying, that he's going to go meet his teenage daughter. 
That's fantastic. I love this. I love that we have no idea. No, we really don't. And then it does, the first part of this email goes to the part where Thor says, I got to get my weapon and go fight Thanos. And then, you know, Rocket's like, we kicked the crap out of it. He's like, he hasn't fought me twice. It's like, you know, (laughs) Thor being Thor. So, you know, he's like, he hasn't fought me twice. So, yes, uh, let's just go ahead and have this thing happen, man. Can't wait. All right. We have another email. Ooh. The whim. I should have read this last week with a whim, but yes. I was waiting for Eric to come back. <laughs> That's the excuse I'm going to use. Hey, guys. Listening to last week's show, just wanted to add a few things. First of all, first off, fuck you guys. No one picked the aging Wilford Brimley. Let's do a proper version of Cocoon for fuck's sakes. Shirtless Steven Gutenberg and all. <laughs> I agree, whim. I agree. Really? I agree. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg was a he- sexy son of a bitch back then. And so was Wilford Brimley. Is that three minutes of baby Steve Gutenberg? Steve Gutenberg was a sex symbol back or then. Or Police Academy Steve Gutenberg. All of it. All of it. What all happened it. to Steve Gutenberg? It's true, all of it. What happened? Yeah, what happened? What happened to Steve Gutenberg? He'll probably show up in Sharknado. Oh, oh don't do that, man. What? I'm just saying. Don't do that to somebody. Oh. Come on. So, Wilford Brimley. I don't think I remember ever seeing Wilf- Wilford Brimley young. Does anybody remember Wilfred Brimley I've always Young? seen the mustache, and that's it, dude. Very the, hefty, the walrus-looking mustache. Yeah, I love that guy. Was yeah that I, don't, I don't recall any. <laughs> I don't recall. Uh, the only older actor, and he's actually long gone, I think it was Mickey Rooney, and that was because they replayed Boys Town or whatever. Mickey Rooney. Younger. Didn't Mickey Rooney pull Elizabeth Taylor for a while? Wasn't he married, or he cheated on his wife with Elizabeth Taylor? Or oh. somebody very, very, very big and attractive at the, the time. The Sithless True Hollywood Stories That's with right. the Raj Oh, my God. What a true crime. Callback. Mickey Rooney. Breaking hearts. <laughs> true Hollywood stories. At four foot seven inches tall. <laughs> okay. We're moving on to one. Ranking comic book shows. I'll keep it to top five because that's what I do. Thank you. But I watched the majority of them. Number five, The Defenders. Came out late August of last year, just a few weeks shy of. This weird uh, criteria they used. That's true. We did a we did a, a list of TV movies that was done by Cinema Blend, and they used some weird shit. Number four, Krypton. The final episode made made it so worth it. Number three, Luke Cage. The music alone feels like its own character. It sure does. Number two, Black Lightning. God, everybody's talking about Black Lightning. I think we need to watch that. Les, you've been watching it. I, I I'm not just pointing you out on this one. I'm just saying. No, man, it's a beautiful for what it is and what is out there. The just a, it, Luke Cage and Black Lightning completely are fresh takes as far as the superhero. So you're saying drama. your favorite superheroes are Blue Cage and Black Lightning? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying the the shows are actually that solid. They're really good. I, and Krypton too. I agree with you, Wim. Krypton is a very very good show. About Krypton. It's about Superman. I love it. <laughs> Number God, one, dude. his favorite, The Flash. Usually, Legends of Tomorrow is a touch. Uh, I'm sorry, a tough watch for me. But the season finale was fantastic. Oh, okay. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sucks. Wow, okay. That's what I've heard. I still have half the entire season sitting on my TiVo. Truth be told, Toto is one of my favorite bands. Let's not forget they wrote and performed the score to Dune. And damn straight, I've got that shit. I did not know Toto did that, by the way. Wow. Eric Struthers, did you know this? That's one of those things where as soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that. But then now I feel like I did know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I ever knew that. My favorite album is Fahrenheit, which was Joe Williams' first record with the band. 
Favorite tune is Hold the Line, followed by We Can Make It Tonight. I love Hold the Line. Running on this theme, we all know John Williams is the master. What's your favorite non-John Williams score? And how would this composer do scoring a Star Wars movie? Oh, this is a great question. And I'm going to go to Eric first because that's what he does. Eric, what is your favorite non-Star Wars? Well, it could be Star Wars because John Williams hasn't done everything yet. Favorite non-Star Wars, John Williams, Star Wars movie. I don't know what I'm saying, so just go ahead. If John, my favorite John Williams score that's not from a Star Wars movie. Is that what you're really wanting to ask me? No, that's not. It's We all know John Williams is the master. What's your favorite non-John Williams score? And how would this uh, composer do scoring a Star Wars movie? So the score, yeah, the composer uh, you pick, okay. how would they do? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, man, that's a... That's a good question, the whim. That's what you do. Well, well you've, you've obviously, you've got the two guys who have done it, who have done a Star Wars movie since, but um, give me a minute to think about this. I'll give you something. I got okay. one. You got one? I got, I got one right away. Okay, go ahead, Les. If you say Danny Elfman, we're done. Don't be mad at me. I'm going to tie it. Just well, listen to I me, man. No with Danny it's my Elfman. birthday, I just dude. don't think he can do a Star Wars film well, even though he did do Avengers. I'm going to call it out. Elfman would have been my call, but it's another guy who's gotten some really good freaking scores out there, and that's Ramin Jawadi from Game of Thrones and West. And he goes on tour. Yes, and I and he yeah and he does the John Williams kind of thing. Like he goes on tour and he plays. And you're gonna probably see him hear his stuff doing the DB off and Y stuff for Star Wars. There it is. Done. Good call on that one. Boo, do you have anybody? I I don't know composers. No, I, I I know and love John Williams, but besides that, no, not not really. No, sorry. That's all right. Would Trent Reznor be able to do a Star Wars movie? Trent Reznor has been doing scores lately. Yes. I'm sure he did. He has done a lot. I don't of, know, though. Trent Reznor does uh, a guy, a director I really like. Now I can't remember his name. David David Fincher. 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 That'd be kind of creepy, huh? Him doing a Trent Reznor doing a like industrial style Star Wars score. Yeah. Yikes, man. I take Ramin Jawadi any day at this point right now. He's that damn good, man. Yeah, he is. He is really good. I really like uh, Hans Zimmer stuff. I mean, I love him. I've seen him in concert. He's amazing. He was at Coachella. I really like his stuff. Yeah, he's he's really good, man. Um, oh God, I would probably, I would probably say Alan Silvestri. Oh, he's great uh. too. He's really good. That you, I, Silvestri, obviously, he's known for Back to the Future. That's his. Yes. That's big just, one, but you true. know he also did Predator. Oh, Boo loves that one. That is a good score. See, I, actually, that, that was Boo one of the best parts. Up right now, yeah, that was one of the better parts of the Predator movie. Was hearing the music again. You're like, oh fuck, this is. A oh, it was the original music? Yeah, Very yeah, cool. it was bitching. So yeah, man, Sylvester. I didn't realize this, but some of the other movies he's done, like I see one here that you may have heard of called Captain America: The First Avenger, my favorite Marvel and, movie. Wow. And also Infinity War. Oh my God! And and Ready Player One. Oh, the music was great on that. But uh, and um, let's see what else. So yeah, dude, it seems like he's like on top of the game right now. Right. Yeah. Serendipity. Love that movie. I'm, <laughs> I'm a nerd though. Which one was Serendipity? Uh, John Cusack. John Cusack and uh, Kate Beckinsale. Oh, good Kate movie. Beckinsale. Good yeah. movie. That was a good movie. It's also a great restaurant in New York City. Ooh, the quick and the dead. 
You know what? Ooh. That movie deserves some freaking love, dude. It does. That's Give a it some love. Yes. Give it some love right now. Damn it's it. your birthday. Give it some love. That's one of those like westerns are dying, but that movie actually yeah. was a damn good movie. And it's and it's solid a, cast. Leonardo yes. DiCaprio. And it's a and it's a nice twist because it's uh it, it's not a male lead. It's uh what's her name? Sharon, Sharon Stone. Stone. Which she did a fantastic job. That's yeah. Russell Crowe, Gene Hackman, Sharon Stone, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio, young Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. That's a great right. movie. People don't talk about it. You're right. I'm glad you gave it some love. Mm-hmm. It's Silvestri, man. Oh, wait, it is recorded. Forrest Gump. Oh, shit. Now, see, I always thought that Fortunate Son was by Creedence Clearwater Revival, but apparently. All right, so you're going to pick, Mr. Struthers, you're going to pick Silvestri? Yeah. Okay. Boo is going to pick Silvestri, too, because it's going to go by default because of Predator. Fantastic. And you're going to pick uh, Mr. Roman, awesome. jo- uh, I want to say Jawadi or Jawidi. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Please help me. And then I'm going to pick <laughs> Mr. Zimmer because I think he'd do a great job. But I think Les, you're going to get to hear it. I have a feeling they're going to go with him to do the next trilogy that they're going to do or whatever the hell that is. All right. Thank you, Wim. Anything else, Mr. Struthers? No, man. That's it. Where can people listen to your beautiful voice? Check out this week's The Bad Motivators. We dropped the episode actually this morning. It's really good app. Very yeah, cool. that's what he does. Guys, I think we are going to wrap it up right there. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 111 of The Sith List. Remember, go to the SithList.net to get some Sith List info, and we're going to have some cool stuff on there. I've said that before. We are definitely going to have some guests coming on soon. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next week on episode number 112 of The Sith List. Calls me